Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, uh, joined this week, as always, uh, by Calvin, and today we bring back Jeff. It's been a couple weeks. Jeff, how you been? How's everything going? Uh, it's going well, Gino. Thank you. That's good. Good to hear. Calvin, how about you? How's, how's the last week been for you? Stressful, tense, <laughs> nerve-wracking. Where, where do we go? <laughs> As it has been for everyone, I would assume, uh, you know, uh, as, it, as it has been for most here, uh, you know, Everton fans, and we'll get into it all. But first, I uh, will start with Brentford, um, the match that took place Sunday, May 15th. Everton lose the match 3-2. Um, a lot going on in this one. Um, you know, a goal by Calvert-Lewin in the 10th minute to put us up one nothing. Then Jared Branthwaite gets a goal in the or gets a red card in the 18th minute after a penalty shout on the other end by Richarlison. Charleston ends up getting his penalty in the 45th minute plus stoppage in the stoppage time of, of the first half um, to put Everton out 2-1. And then um, uh, Brentford scored two goals. Rondon gets a, a red card at the end of the match. A lot to talk about in this one. Um, but let's start here. Everton lineup. Um, obviously, uh, Fabian Delph out, uh, Mina out, Keen out with an illness. So Jared Branthwaite starts in the middle of a back three with Seamus Coleman and Mason Holgate. Um, that was more of like a back five as well with Michael Lanko on the left side and Awobi on the right, Decore and Gomez in the middle. And then of course on the outsides, Gordon and Richarlison with Calvert-Lewin starting up top for the first time in a while. Um, Jeff, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the lineup? I was worried as soon as I saw it. Um, worried in one uh, particular regard, uh, regarding um, Decore and Gomez in the middle. Um, Gomez doesn't offer any cover for the uh, centre-backs in a two. Um, I, I just think uh, he, he's not physically up to it anymore. Um, I think we were destined to be overrun. That's quite the way it turned out. And when we went down to 10, of course, it made it even worse. I think Gomez these days, if he plays at all, he should be in a three, uh, where you can afford that luxury of having a couple of uh, workers around him. But I was worried by that. Otherwise, not surprised to see Awobi continuing a right wing back. And um, though not his greatest fan earlier in the season, I, I can't deny he, he's done really well in recent times. Um, likewise, so the, the formation wasn't a surprise to me. I thought we could have been a bit more positive and gone with the back four. Um, but um, as, as things turned out, it mightn't have been the best decision with uh, Brandwijk being red carded. So... I kind of had worry, worry beads out uh, from as soon as I saw Decore and Gomez together. Yeah, um, it definitely was, um, you know, an interesting lineup, I think, obviously with the absence of Delph, finding out Keane was ill and not going to be available, and of course being without Mina to begin with, um, and Godfrey to begin with, a player who we haven't seen in a while who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um it was definitely a weird lineup or, or an interesting choice by uh, Lampard. Calvin, your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah. So, again, I, I didn't expect him to change from his three-man, five-man back line. I think it's worked. He's gotten some solidity from that. Obviously, we've got a few good positive results going into this Brentford game, so I'm not surprised he didn't change the formation. I think... 
I, I think some of the selections were, were odd. Obviously, Gomez playing seemed like a, a mistake, really, right from the outset. Um, so I agree with you on that one, Jeff. Uh, quite why uh, we didn't have Alan start with Dokere, can't understand. I just does not make any sense to me. Alan does seem to have completely fallen out of favor with Lampard since pretty much since I think he got that red card against Newcastle and then kind of dropped out of the squad. And obviously with Delft playing as well as he is, I can understand that. But why he wouldn't start with Alan in this game and then, you know, yank him at 60 minutes if he was getting tired, that, that seemed like a big miss. Um, and then with the three center backs too, I think that was a big miss putting Brantwaite in the middle. I think that that is sort of your most senior player should probably be in the center. Now, obviously, Coleman being the, the size he is, he's not suited for that center role there, especially playing against, um, you know, very physical Ivan Tony. So I really was surprised to see Branthwaite there. I, I really thought Holgate should have been in the middle and Branthwaite out on the left. And I, I will say, um, as much as, you know, we have not been fans of Iwobi and Holgate in the past, I think both of them have really stepped up their game. I think Holgate's been playing quite quite reasonably well, actually. Um, so why Holgate did not play in the middle, I don't know. I, I, I will say if, if that situation that led to Brantwaite getting sent off happened with Holgate, I don't think that same result happens. So it, it, it was, it, it, I, I think there was some selection errors there that Lampard's probably made, which I think he's, he's unfortunately had to regret and had you know, four days to stew on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely um, some things that I think surprised a lot of people and may or may not have led to what we witnessed on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about the first probably 15, 17 minutes. Let's talk about uh, before <laughs> things went haywire. Um, Everton had a pretty good control in the game. Uh, had a couple really good chances. Yeah. Finish it off with a goal that originally I think many thought went to Richarlison. Ended up being registered yeah. to... Calvert-Lewin in the end. Nonetheless, it went in the back of the net. Everton were up one nothing and really controlling the game. The crowd was very much yep. in it. And it felt like things were, were going in a really good direction. And you felt really good about the match. Uh, your thoughts, Calvin, we'll start with you. On the start to, to Everton's, um, you know, Everton's match yeah. in this one. And despite the red card, let's talk about this as well. Does that start give you hope? moving forward here for these last two matches because the yeah, red card so, obviously changes everything but oh absolutely yeah no again i i don't think there is a doubt in my mind and probably in any of the Brantford players manager fans minds that if that red card doesn't happen and if Richard, the red card probably doesn't happen if richardson gets a penalty and we slot that penalty and we're leading two nil a dozen no what 18 minutes into the game the fans are already, you know, making it the bare fit that they do. I, there, there's Brentford's not com- Brentford's not coming back to that one. I, I, I would wager, I think, a, a hefty amount of money on that. So, it's 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 it's, you know, how many times are we going to talk about this, right? One poor refereeing decision turns the whole game, and in in, in Everton's situation, it's 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 all of these are now piling up to. You know, it could as well doom our season. So it's just, I, I just don't know how many times we're going to sit here and, and complain about the ref. It's, it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I said it, you know, we, we talked about this. I think there was an athletic piece that was released yesterday that you put in the chat, Calvin, that um, kind of outlined a lot of the decisions that have gone against Everton. And I said, I mean, obviously, listen, there's, there is, um, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong that Everton have done wrong themselves. You know, not beating Watford on the road the other day. Um, and drawing 0-0, losing to Watford at home after having a 2-1 lead after 75 minutes. Um, but it's amazing that Everton are still in a position to stay up with based on all the decisions that have gone against them. With Man City, right. uh, the penalty that you know they didn't get against Man City, the Tottenham penalty they didn't get that ended in a draw. Um, you know, that's four points right there. Southampton, which turned the games on, game on its head. This, um, this decision that turned the game on its head. You know, if Everton, those decisions go Everton's way or half of those decisions go Everton's way, Everton aren't looking at a relegation spot right now. We're pretty much playing out no. the rest of the season. We're safe at this point. So um, right. definitely, definitely hard to, uh, a hard pill to swallow. But Jeff, your thoughts on the opening 17 minutes of this match from Everton? So I thought one of the most significant things uh, for, for me, and I think he's been having a shocking time of it uh, in, in recent times, uh, Calvert-Lewin looked uh, back in business. Um, I think the team were using him cleverly. Um, to, to uh, Some of it was just launching the ball forward, but it made ground and uh, he was holding up quite well. Looked really um, a million miles better than he, he has done since he, he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it would have been intriguing to see had we kept 11 men on a pitch and not had to change shape, um, how that would have panned out. Because personally, I, I think, I, I, as you, you've said, to, to go a goal up and get the penalty and slot that in um, with the way we are playing, I agree entirely. I think it would have been a much different game to what we ended up seeing. But I was quite pleased the way that they started the game, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, if that red card doesn't happen, you know, and we can look, let's see, we can even push this forward to the goals that did happen. Um, but if that red card doesn't happen, I think Redford's dead in the water at that point. I, you know, I think... You know, I, I think that Everton had a stronghold on the match and they were going to take it. And it might have been similar to the 4-1 win that we had at Goodison Park back in January in the uh, FA Cup, I think it was. You know, I, I think that Everton were yeah. dominating the match and the red card, obviously, and I, I don't think I'll ask the question. I don't think any of us are opposed to the red card and think the red card was the wrong decision. I think Ivan Tony was clear on, mm-hmm. or not, it was Ivan Tony, right, who was clear on clear on yeah. goal, and then Branthwaite was behind him, pulled him down. You know, it's a red card. It, it happens, and, and you know, uh, it was a clumsy decision by Branthwaite, but it is a red card. But I think if everything goes our way the way it should have went, um, there is no red card. Uh, I think Everton run away with this game pretty easily, and we're sitting here talking about how we are three points up on leads with two to play, and realistically, even though not technically – and officially safe, we're basically safe at this point instead of talking about what we're going to have to talk about. But um, yeah. we move forward, we push forward to the next goal, and uh, it ends up as a Seamus Coleman own goal. But I think one thing we can be, you know, at least just again, rewatching the highlights and seeing the goals again, there's, there's two things that, you know, obviously 
an own goal with the deflection and the angle that they scored on in the first goal was a weird angle, and that doesn't typically happen very often. So, you know, kind yeah. of a fluke goal there. And then Wisa's goal, the second goal as well, a weird angle. But, uh, you know, all the goals that I think Brentford scored probably are solved by having that extra center back on the pitch and, 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 a, and a presence like Brantley yeah. on the pitch. Just, you know, and I guess that's just my way of saying, you know, maybe things are, you know, you know, may, you know, in, in a different situation and, and maybe we need to look at this and obviously the loss hurts, but maybe there is some positivity going into this, this, this Crystal Palace match. But um, we'll talk first about the penalty kick that ended up happening for Everton. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on, was it a penalty makeup call? Um, Calvin, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on, on kind of uh, the decision to give Richarlison the penalty that ended up putting us up to one. I think that was a clearly a penalty. I don't think there was any doubt whatsoever. Yeah. I think the only controversy on the penalty was why um, uh, Beck Sorensen did not get his second yellow card of the game on that and should have resulted in a red card and a penalty. Um, I, I understand the, the reasoning behind the double jeopardy rule where you don't send off a player and give a penalty, which makes sense. But in this situation, that shouldn't apply because it was not a red card directly. It was a yellow cardable foul and a penalty. Anywhere else on the pitch, and that is a foul and very likely a yellow card. So this is just inexplicable why, um, you know, so again, we're talking about bad refereeing decisions. That was a second, you know, bad decision right there, right? So this is ridiculous, but... Yep, that should have been a second yellow card. The penalty was dispatched very calmly by Richarlison. Obviously, we knew we were under the gun at that point, and uh, I, I think Brentford's influence was growing. So it was very nice to go into the half with the lead, um, unexpected lead. I think at that point we would have all settled for a draw, right? Being a man yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, just add that to the legion of of, of horrendous uh, like decisions made uh, made in the league. And, and I think, you know, just one of the things for perspective that, you know, we've had some time to think about is, you know, it, obviously every team feels they're hard done by the, by the rest, right? Uh, maybe except one team in the league, let's not name them. Uh, but at the same time, right, think about it. If you were on the other side, right, would you think that was a penalty or a foul or a red card or a yellow card? So for a second, let's just assume the, the roles in this game would change and we were Brentford and Brentford were Everton, right? So yeah. if, if, if Holgate clattered Tony, right, and Holgate was already a yellow card, just the way Sorensen took down Richarlison, wouldn't we go, holy cow, how did he not get sent off, right? We absolutely would have. And it's the same thing for the first foul too, right? It just inexplicable it is inexplicable i just just the, you know we spent obviously a lot of time on twitter and just just looking at the number of neutral impartial even fans who hate hate everton are laughing at wow the refs are really doing you guys in right so that just again inexplicable i just cannot cannot i, I don't get it but yeah no, yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And again, that's another situation, like you said, where where it turns the game on its head, and all of a sudden, Everton go in the half two one up. Even Frank Lampard is probably sitting there saying to his players, "All right, 
we're back. Let's go do what we did in the first half before we got the red card. And, you know, and, and Everton probably have a good chance to win the match with the crowd on their side and, and everything that's happened. Um, Jeff, your thoughts on uh, the penalty and kind of the, the last sequences there of the first half. So, so yes, I think it, it was a penalty. It was a clumsy tackle by uh, Sorensen. It was, I think there were two players very close to Richarlison when that happened, and he didn't really need to make that tackle. Was yeah. he did? Um, he was already on a yellow. I said immediately at the time before any of the TV pundits um, came on, I, I, I said, what? That, that's a yellow card, he's off. I fully expected yeah. it to just proceed that way. Right. You, you know, You know. I think one of the most annoying things, and, and not many people will agree with me here, I, I suspect, but uh, Oliver, the referee, is one of the better referees in the game. Um, I, I really think he is. I think he sees things uh, better than uh, a lot of them, which made it all the more infuriating yeah. that um, there, there were a couple right. of decisions that went against us, which does kind of lend itself to the... Um, the, the embittered Evertonians view that there's a hidden agenda against us. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was that was the most infuriating thing for me. If it, if it was any of the you know many other referees that have done us wrong, uh, I'd have uh, I'd, I kind of expected it, but I didn't with Oliver. I thought he, he generally no. interprets the rules correctly, and he's got a good sight. So I, I I just didn't guess it really. Um, took the penalty nicely. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it mm. went fairly central, but it takes a bit of nerve there. He knew the pressure was on, and um, he certainly yeah. got. Uh, he was certainly up for it. Um, but d- disappointing about the ref. But more that it was who it was, and he didn't react in a different yeah. way. Yeah. No. It's definitely because I mean you know uh, he leaves his feet, which you know if because it, it was the it was the now, which one was the? Sorry, I, I'm just. I watched the replays again. Was the foul on the player that left his feet coming towards Richarlison, or on the pullback, um, on the because there was two center backs that were involved in that play. Yeah, uh, I, I, the one with the longer hair, or the yes, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I rather got. Uh, I interpreted it as though he came across Richarlison. I That's think what more, I interpreted more, more too, with the yeah. thigh. So, yeah. so he, he right, fire the knee into the yeah. groin. Yeah. But he leaves his feet and, and makes this challenge, which in typical, like you said, Calvin, would be at least a yellow card at any other part of the pitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it is frustrating. In terms of the first non-penalty decision, I believe the Premier League came out and said that it was not clear and obvi- obvious, which, I mean, we're overturning offsides that are half a centimeter off sides. I mean, if that's right. if we're able to return overturn that with VAR, then we should be able to overturn penalties that are very clear shirt pulls and shirt tugs that uh, affect the, the play. Um, but that was the first half and Everton do go in with a two, one lead, but everything kind of gets flipped on its head pretty quickly here uh, in the second half. You have a goal to uh, Wisa in the 62nd minute, Rico Henry in the 64th minute and Everton go down 3-2, and that's pretty much that. Um, not really many chances for Everton after that. Um, your thoughts, um, Jeff, we'll start with you. Was there anything that could have been done about these two goals? Was, you know, your thoughts on the two goals and kind of the second half as a whole for Everton, there is anything that could have been done to change this, or if being a man down overall is 
you know, probably what done it, what did us in to begin with. I, I, I think it, it was less, to, to be perfectly honest with the goals, I think it was less about being a man down numerically. It was yeah. more about being a centre half down. Exactly. Um, yeah. And um, in terms of, you know, Seamus Coleman's, he, he plays there for Ireland actually in a, in a back three. Um, so it's not, that's alien to him, although we haven't seen much of him do that. Um, but he's not a centre-half. Um, he's OK in the air for his size. He's about 5'9". But he's not going um, you know, to dominate in the air. Um, no. So I think it was more, less, less numerically and more about personnel that we had left on. Um, mm. You know, there, there was, uh, I think there, there was probably only Richarlison who, who stands over six feet tall. And we're always going to be vulnerable at set pieces or at balls coming in. And yeah. I think it was just, yeah. there was an air of inevitability for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, just specifically, even just the Rico Henry goal, when he comes across Gordon there in the back, you have an extra center yep. back to put yep. there. Seamus Coleman's bounced back to probably covering Rico Henry and does a little bit of a better job there instead of having a winger covering him. And things maybe don't turn out the way they do. So, yeah, I totally agree, Jeff, in the way. Um, just not having that extra center half that really affected these goals. Uh, Calvin, your your thoughts uh, on this? Yeah. So again, we we've been playing with the five man backline right for now a few games. So to go ahead and change that with no center backs, I think doomed us here. So we, as soon as Brantwick got sent off, what did, uh, sent off, what did we do? We, we switched to a 4-4-1, right? Yeah. So now we have Holgate and Coleman sort of playing there, right? Again, Holgate's comfortable playing in a back four, right? Seamus Coleman is not, not as a center back anyway, right? So I think that was a miss. Now, I understand Lampard's position too, right? Brantwick's just gotten sent off and he looks at his bench and who's sitting there? Reese Welch. I think that's it, right? Yeah. That, that, that's his only centre-half option right now uh, because four out of five of our centre-halves are unavailable. So it, it, it is an awkward position. And I, I, again, I feel for Frank there. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I, 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 again, I, I, has he watched enough of Welch to feel comfortable to put him in, in a game like that? Maybe not. So, or at least looks like not because he didn't choose to use him. Um, but yeah, I, I think between not having enough center halves on the pitch and going to the back four when we've been playing pretty reasonably well with the back five, that, that, that's what doomed us there. And I, I, I will say Brentford's goals were coming, right? Yeah. Um, just continuing to persist with that two-man midfield when you have a midfielder like Ericsson on the pitch, that, that was coming. So, and he, he, just, he was pulling strings. I mean, he was pulling strings in the first half too. So as soon as Thomas Frank had the second, I mean, had the halftime to, to make, a, make a plan on that one, yeah, they, 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 were, they were steamrolling us in the midfield even before their goal. I will not yeah. say I'm surprised that they scored at all. Yeah, no. Just, just, just keeping on the Reese Welsh theme, actually, because um, na- yeah. naturally I, f- I follow the youth teams and uh, I've seen a lot of Reese right. Welsh. He, he does play better in a back three or a back five, whichever, however you want to say it. Um, normally yeah. as one of the, the wider right uh, centre-backs within that. Uh, the, just uh, And it might have been uppermost in um, Lampard's thoughts, actually, that the last game he played before this uh, was a mauling against uh, Manchester City under-23s, but he played in a flat-back right. four as one of two central defenders, and they lost 7-0. 
Um, no, I'm not Ooh. saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that was Welsh's fault, but yeah. the, the fact is right. that you know, um, you know, it, it, it certainly wasn't a glowing reference. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only sure. the, the option you could have went with is just putting him in the back three and moving Holgate to the middle. But um, again, it, it's hard to give a kid. You know, put a kid in that position in a must-win match in the at the end of the season in a relegation battle. So, um, and then all I mean, you know, I think maybe the only other thing you could have done is is put Allen on if you were going to go to a back four and just give a little bit extra protection sure. in front of that back four. Exactly, that might have been something that that could have worked, but um, that was not the decision that he made and. You know, again, Brentford's goals were coming, and, and they win the match 3-2. Rondon get, does get a red card at the end of this match, which just adds to the pain. We don't have enough play. We don't have not, – I mean, it gets striker-wise, we'll be fine but at the moment. But um, <laughs> we don't have a ton of players to begin with. <laughs> um, so uh, not great from him, and, and definitely a red card. I mean, just watching it, you know, leaves his feet, you know, goes in two feet, you know, like similar like, – kind of two-feet tackle, so two-foot tackle, so – he gets yeah. sent off, um, and Everton lose 3-2. Um, anything, I mean, it's hard to come up with standout players when you're at 10 <laughs> men and, um, you know, it's, you know, you got to <laughs> – all the players have to work to uh, just keep defensively, keep, keep their shape and, and keep Brentford out of the net. But anybody who stood out to you guys or anything else that you want to mention about this match before we move on? I, I think standouts and uh, – I- Earlier in the season, I couldn't believe that I would ever say this, um, but uh, Alex Awobi, uh, I thought he, he yeah. played, started at right wing back, went to a very uncomfortable position for him, which is a straight right back in a, in a back mm-hmm. four, and then ended up the game in central midfield. Um, so I think for versatility, energy, and he did some good things on the ball. Um, you know, I'd say he was probably the standout for us. Uh, Calvin, anything uh, else you want to talk about or a standout? Yeah, I, I've got an I've got a polarizing one. So, a lot of Everton fans love beating up on Dominic Calvert Lewin, right? They're like, "Oh, Calvert Lewin's lazy. Calvert Lewin didn't do a thing. Calvert Lewin's not Harry Kane. Yes, he is not Harry Kane. Stop expecting him to be Harry Kane." He does things a little differently. He's obviously not polished. I mean, not completely polished, but he's a good striker. And damn it, he won 9 out of 12 of his aerial duels in that game. So stop beating up on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. All right? He did all the right things he was supposed to. I want to say everything good that we did in this game in the attacking front came through something he did. Right? Even the penalty that we got that was awarded um, came from a Calvert-Lewin flick-on to Richarlison, right? Yes. So, really, folks, we need to lay off Calvert-Lewin. He's, he's obviously playing with a little bit of, like, an internal, let's call it fear, right? I, I think he's obviously, with all the injuries he's had, I think he's not playing at 100%. I don't think he's going all out for for balls that you would see him. I mean, I remember last season, the number of times you would see him lay himself out trying to get to a cross, right? Whether it was reaching with a toe or diving at, you know, a foot off the ground for a header. Excuse me. He's not doing that now. And I don't blame him. He's obviously playing a little 
in a reserved manner because he's trying to not, I don't know, tear another hammy or, you know, you know whatever, blow a quadricep or something. So lay off him. He's playing well. I was very happy to see in his uh, in Frank Lampard's pre-match press conference earlier today um, that he absolutely came out in, in, in favor of Calvin, I mean, Calvert Lewin and supported him and said, yep, no, nope, you need to lay off him. He, he's he's going to help us. And, 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 and I, I fully expect him to have a similar role again against Palace uh, tomorrow. And hopefully we don't need it against Arsenal, but yeah. So yes, lay off Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's playing well. Let him be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... um. I mean, definitely. I think Calvert-Lewin and Awobi were both players who, who stood out in this one as much as you could. Calvert-Lewin seemed to be back to himself a little bit. Um, you know, like you said, Calvin, probably dealing with something going on over the past few months, coming back from injury. I'm sure, yeah. you know, he was rushed back a little bit. So, you know, after a few games of sitting on the bench, getting a little bit of rest, um, came back in full force. And like you said, Lampard coming out today, uh, you know, backing him, saying he can go another full 90. And uh, we'll talk about all of that uh, coming up in the, you know, after the break, we'll talk about Crystal Palace and what is at stake as Everton uh, play their final match at Goodison this season. All right, we're back and we're talking about Crystal Palace. Uh, they'll take, Everton is taking on Crystal Palace uh, tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday, the 18th. Uh, it'll take place tomorrow over here on the East Coast of America at 2.45 p.m. Uh, take place over in England at 7.45 p.m. Um, just a few things. Everton have won, have only lost one of their last 14 Premier League games against Crystal Palace. They've won six, drawn seven, though it did come in the reverse fixture in December this season. Um, it was In what is the 22nd different league campaign in which they've met, Crystal Palace are looking to complete the double over Everton for the very first time. Crystal Palace have beaten Everton twice this season, once in the Premier League, once in the FA Cup. Um, as a top-flight side, the Eagles have only twice before beaten its side three times in the same campaign. That was Charlton back in 1989-1990 and Stoke City in 2015-2016. Everton have won just 25% of their Premier League games on Thursdays, their lowest win rate on a single day of the week. <laughs> However, the Toffees are unbeaten in their last seven such games. Uh, they're three, with three wins drawn four uh, since a 2-0 loss at Hull in January of 2015. And Crystal Palace have won their final away game in just three of their 12 Premier League seasons, drawn two, lost seven. Um, Two of these were against teams who were relegated, Cardiff and Stoke, uh, and the other was on Merseyside against Liverpool in 2014-2015. So, um, a lot to break down here. We'll start off with this. Calvert-Lewin fit. Ben Godfrey seemingly could make the bench. Michael Keane definitely back from illness. Fabian Delph still out. Yerry Mina still out. Donny Vandebeek returning from injury to yeah, the squad yeah. this week. With all of that said, um, we did lose to Crystal Palace, as I mentioned, in the FA Cup most recently for nothing. I believe that match was on the road at uh, Selhurst Park. Um, we will be at home this time. With all that knowledge, with all that information, with what we know and how things have gone over the past few weeks, how we took a beating to Crystal Palace, uh, you know, a short time ago. What is your expectation? And Jeff, we'll start with you on the lineup for this match. 
So, so I think for the lineup for the match, uh, I think he he will stay with the same formation he started with on uh, Saturday. That's my prediction. Uh, I'm not saying I fully agree with it, but I think he will, which would mean that you'd have a, a back three for me of Coleman, Keane, and Holgate, um, and I think you'd have a, a four across the middle of Iwobi uh, with Mikalenko the other flank and Dakure and bring Allen back in. Uh, for, for Gomez yeah. and the front three of Gordon, Calvert Lewin, and Richie. Um, I, I think that, that for me is a is stick on that. I don't see that he has many options other than that, unless he changes the formation. And even if he changed the formation, yeah. probably the same personnel would feature. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, how about you? Your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, so I, I agree with Jeff. I think we've seen enough of Lampard at this point to kind of, you know, almost think like the way he's thinking. Um, I, 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 I think it's suicidal going into a game with Palace without three in the middle. I, I really think so. And, um, you know, we, we, we've seen it before this season as well. When we played three-man midfield, especially a, a good team and I'm going to call Palace a good team because they are a good team. I think there's a lot of talented players out there. Um, they definitely have pace on the wings. Um, I I think the only wrinkle that I would like to see Frank make in this one, and I, I doubt he will, is maybe go with a 5-3-2. <clears throat> Again, a little controversial. But if you have the five, right, so you have your three center halves and then Mikolenko and Iwobi out wide, I think it gives you some width when you're attacking, but it also protects you against Palace attacking down the wings where they are very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, the three in the midfield, I think, is important there. So, you know, it, it would have to be, especially with Van der Beek fit, I am curious if he would go with Alan Docoré and Van der Beek as your three, and then go with Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top. Now, yeah. before anyone jumps on me for, whoa, why is Gordon not playing? I think Anthony Gordon is tired. He is very, very tired. He is, I mean, we've, we've run him into the ground, which we had to, to get to the situation where we are in. But I, I think just like Gray, getting Gordon and, and, and Gray, just let them sit for a bit cannot hurt them. If anything, if we need a result against Arsenal, that, that additional rest will probably help. Um, and I think the 5-3-2 would be the way to go. Like I said, we choke off their width, right? Put the three in the middle. Let Donny van der Beek sort of be that number 10-ish kind of role, right? Behind Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. And we know Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin work very well when they play in tandem up top. We saw it last season under Ancelotti, even this season when the rare times it's happened, we've had the two of them up top. I, I think it works. So I'd like to see us start in a 5-3-2. And you know what? If it's going horribly wrong at the half, change, right? And then throw Gray and, and, and Gordon on and let them run at, at Palace, um, whose defense I, is not the best in the world. So I think we could probably stretch him out wide. But yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see us start in a 5-3-2. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think there's just too much riding on the game. I, I will say that this being the last home game um, and just, just the way the fans have been outstanding the last few weeks, uh, I, I would take that risk if I am Frank Lampard. I would absolutely take that risk and let, 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 you know, let, the, let the, the Goodison Park crowd be that 12th man, that 
carries the team over this this hurdle right now. Yeah, I almost uh, you know just looking back last time we played Crystal Palace, we played in the back in a midfield two. It did not work. Um, nope. So I would think about going with the three man midfield as well. I, I do like the five three two. Like you said, Gordon is tired. Um, it seems, and. Richarlison and Dominic Carvalhoon, if Dominic Carvalhoon's doing what he has done, what he did in the last match, uh, it's going to be, you know, we always, it, it works when those two are up top and he's heading the ball on to Richarlison. Yeah. And then you have the width of Michael Anko out wide and, you know, and Dominic Carvalhoon, you know, running in behind and, you know, all those things, all those factors. Um, and, and Wobi on the right side. Um, so I, I would like to see that, but I think I agree with all of you guys. Uh, you know, I'm not sure anything is going to change. I think we're going to see Keane in the middle of a back three of Coleman and Holgate. Michael Lenko out wide on one end. We'll be on the other end. We'll go with the midfield two of Decore and hopefully Allen. Um, I would imagine Gomez does not make another appearance uh, in this match. And then no. um, the front three of Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Gordon. But we will see... Um, Moving on to the, the actual match part of it, what Calvin, we'll start with you. What do you see as, as ways Crystal Palace can attack us and, and, and beat us, and, and how do we beat Crystal yeah. Palace? So, again, uh, I, I obviously envy Palace because I think they've got a very intelligent manager who was a very good midfielder in his time, much like ours. Um, and I, I will say tactically, I think Patrick Vieira has really shown shown himself off this season. Um, I, I think they've got a number of very, very dangerous players, uh, which so for us to win this game, right, what is it we need to do? I think we need to starve their best players off the ball. And then that's, again, easier said than done. But, you know. Players like Eze and Zaha and obviously Connor Hughes, uh, Connor Gallagher, sorry, um, and uh, and Mateta, the striker. The more these guys see the ball, the more trouble we're in, right? Um, I will say I don't I don't see Palace coming in and rolling over. I think they're a competitive team. Uh, they, they might kind of have their flip flops on and be ready to go to the beach, but I think they're still gonna come come to Goodison and and, and give us a game. So. Uh, if I'm frank, I go back and watch that FA Cup loss, right? If you remember how that game started, right? We were doing really well in that game. The first 15, 20 minutes we played against them, I thought was some of the best best football we've played under Lampard, right? And what happened? We had a couple of chances. We didn't score. And that full-on press that we were playing with eventually faded out. We started, you know, sort of relinquishing space. They completely took over and then dominated the rest of the game, and you know, the, and then they scored four goals. Right? It could have been more. We, we were we were terrible in that game. I think towards the end. So I it, it, I think it's going to go the same way again. I, I think I, I think we need to score quickly. I think that will definitely make a difference because uh, that Goodison crowd is going to come in pumped. Okay, they are going to be loud. It's probably going to be the loudest. Jeff, you know, you tell us, right? You've been watching this team for I don't know how many years. But I, I would anticipate just that opening roar at Goodison to be the loudest the stadium's probably ever been. And if we score just like we did against Brentford early on, oh, I think it'll be off the charts. 
if anything, Lampard might have to tell the players to like, you know, calm down, right? Don't get, don't get carried away. Don't get overheated. We obviously know at this point that uh, the refs are paying a little closer attention to us than we need to. So just, just calm down, just play our game. But what we really, really, really need to do is we need to starve them off the ball because the more they have the ball and the more they can use that width, we're going to be in trouble. So that's, that's, I think that's, for me, that's the keys of the game there. Uh, yeah, and just so you guys know, this is the lineup we went up against. And I have, I have another thing after this real quick before we get to you, Jeff. Um, but the lineup we went up against Palace with in that FA Cup match we lost 4 nothing was Gordon Richarlison and Townsend up top, um, Kenny, Ducore, Gomez, and Coleman um, through the middle with a back three of uh, Holgate, Keane, and Godfrey. So he did try it. A similar formation to what we would use uh, tomorrow if we do go with that. Um, yeah. Clearly, Gomez is not, not the guy for that position. I think that no. should be obvious after watching this match again, um, which I'm sure Lampard is doing. Um, and yes, I mean, Townsend, I honestly forgot Andrews Townsend was on our team, that he's been out since I think this match was the match that he went out um, and yeah. hurt himself. So uh, honestly, he forgot about him a little bit. But yes, so... We have tried the two-man midfield. It didn't work last time. Hopefully, they went with a 4-3-3 the last time we played them. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that changes. um, And, and, you know, hopefully something changes. Again, this being at Goodison Park is is obviously a big help. And and the fans obviously will be great. They're going to be on their feet. They're going to be cheering. But before we move on, I do want to touch on a point that I forgot to touch on in the Brentford match. The fans have been great. The fans have been fantastic. But, of course, there has been this recent report that there were racists. You know, police are investigating. Good, Everton are investigating racist yep. marks made by fans. And I think we should just point out that, um, you know, it's good to be involved. It's good to be for your team. But there's, there's a line to that. And this type of stuff, for, you know, no matter what, no matter who you root for, no matter who you get you, whatever, is unacceptable. So um, I just wanted to point that out and make sure we mentioned that as well. Uh, the fans have been great, yeah. but but there's a line that you shouldn't be crossing. And, and it seems that some fans did cross that line, uh, which is, is unacceptable. And, and um, yeah. you know, absolutely. Not. Lifetime bans. Uh, we do not need fans like that. <laughs> yeah, no. Bans. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a good fan base and, and the support, no matter what happens in any of these matches um, should not be tarnished by, by these types of things. But um, I wanted to get that out of the way because bringing up the fans made me remind me of that from the Brentford match. But yeah. Jeff, we'll go back to you. Um, your thoughts on how we beat Crystal Palace and how Crystal Palace can beat us and what we need to watch out for. So uh, I, I agree with uh, Calvin the, the way um, I, th- I think we need to starve the, the white people. Uh, the, the key influential players for them is obviously Zahar. Eze uh, has really uh, come to the fore. Gallagher and uh, Mateta up front. Looks like he's coming into form. Um, so it, it's really important that we starve, starve them. Uh, certainly Eze and Zahar are wide. And this is a bit of a dilemma, really, into how you, you face up against them. Do you go three in the midfield and play effectively a little bit more narrow? Because um, because that's the way it works. Or would you have more men out wide uh, than you know? In other words, if Gordon was to play, I I agree. By the way, he looks shattered. 
but if he was to play, he, he does track back more in a wide position mm-hmm. and maybe blocks off some of those um, balls that Eze will get hold of and play into Zahar. So it's a bit of a, it's not an easy one at all, um, formation-wise, but I think we've got to stop those players doing it by fair means, and I don't mind if the foul uh, for this game, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'll be there cheering them on uh, tomorrow night. I think the under the floodlights, that'll be the second half anyway, because of uh, the, the, the time uh, yeah. without now of the year. Uh, plus the crowd energy um, should be really good. Um, they, they, I, I also agree with Calvin that if we probably need an early goal, if to if only to settle those nerves, yeah, because that that crowd noise and it, it is phenomenal. You know, it, it is as good certainly as I've ever heard it in fifty years of going to the game, um, but. I think it can have a reverse effect also of uh, creating anxiety for the players that, that they snatch at things uh, if things aren't going well. So that, uh, I don't care if it goes yeah. in off um, Calvert-Lewin's chest again or Seamus <laughs> Coleman <laughs> backside. I, I, re- I really backside. don't care. Um, so, so long as it, it goes in, settles yeah. those nerves, uh, and then we, we can uh, get down to business about... Uh, and. From there, you know, we just need a, a 1-0 win, we'll do this. And I don't care if they keep the ball in the corner flag for the last 15 minutes. Uh, I, I, really, I really don't care because I'll be cheering them I would, I would much rather prefer us winning by more than one goal, but that seems like an impossible task. So um, this is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think if we both, if we all um, were asked before the Brentford match which of these uh, we thought was more winnable. I think all of us would have probably said the Brentford match. Um, so this is going to be a difficult task. Like I, I, there should be no illusions that we are confident going into this as fans. I, I think this is going to be a tough task. Crystal Palace are a good team. Uh, they may be in 13th place, but you know they are a solid squad with you know uh, you know some very talented players and Wilfred Zaha. Um, as a, you know, those type of players, Gallagher, they're type of players that could pick apart this team. So, um, you know, we need to be focused. Um, you know, again, the fans will be there. It's going to be an absolute bear pit as it is on most Goodison nights. Um, but even more so because this is the last Goodison match that, um, will be played, um, this season. Uh, and it very well could be. If things don't go our way, the last Goodison match in the Premier League, despite the fact that we, not many people want to talk about this. <laughs> we're not so, going to talk about that. We have to bring up we're the negative. We, we bring up the negative. We have yeah. to bring up the negative. We've been too positive on the show. Um, uh. But yes, uh, a little bit. And before I give you uh, each a chance to um, just break down uh, predictions for this match, just a little bit of a background on where we stand. 36 games in for us. We are 36 points in 16th place. Leeds have played 37 games. Uh, They're on 35 points with a match against, um, I forget who they play. Brentford. Brentford on Sunday. And then Burnley on 34 points through 36 played. They have Villa tomorrow and then Newcastle um, on Sunday. So that's where we stand. Um, Cal, uh, Calvin, your prediction for this one? 
so we were on this streak where we were imagining the absolute worst and then we kind of got some positive results and then we kept that going and against Brentford unfortunately the I'm just going to say it out there the ref decided to intervene thanks ref all right so for this one again I'm I'm not going to be positive I I'm absolutely going to fear the worst because that's the Evertonian in me so we are going to get steamrolled 3-1 by Palace. That's that's going to be my call. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's optimism is not part of our our uh, makeup. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts? Nope. <laughs> uh, I, I would go with the one nil to Everson. To be perfectly honest, um, I, I don't, the one thing I think is that we won't score a bag full of goals. Um, we we haven't been. No, I, yeah. um, we're, we're averaging right. just over one goal per game since Lampard came along. Um, so we're, we're not going to suddenly break that mold. I don't think in a high pressure game like this. Um, right. let, let's hope the defense can cope and keep that clean sheet. I think it's going to be a close game. Though. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm going to go with 1-1. I think it's going to be a draw. I think Everton are still going to have work to do. Going in Arsenal, they'll be, you know, depending on how things go, they'll be anywhere from three points up on Burnley to two points up on Leeds going into the final weekend if they draw. Um, but, you know, yeah. it's it's going to be, you know, just got to hope Villa do us some favors and then hope Brentford do us some favors because it's going to be a difficult task. And I'm not sure we win this one. I think that it's going to be a, a tough match and um, we'll see where we head into or what, 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 what our situation is heading into Sunday. But uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about that Sunday match, the last match of the season. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll, we'll break it down. All right, um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Arsenal on Sunday. This match will take place as every match will uh, on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time here over in the U.S., 4 p.m. over in England on Sunday. Everton will travel to the Emirates in a game that could mean a very whole lot of things, (laughs) Uh, depending on how results go. you know, anything but a win means we need help or a result at Arsenal to uh, stay up. Um, you know, again, I gave you the the situation that we are in going into this one. Arsenal, just a few things here. Arsenal have lost their last three Premier League games against Everton, as many as they had in their previous 26. They've won 16. Before that, they won 16, draw, drawn uh, seven. Um, only once have they lost four in a row against the Toffees in league competition. That was way back in the 1920s. Everton won this exact fixture last season, ending a 24-game winless run away against Arsenal in the league. They last won consecutive league visits against the Gunners in March 1987. This is the third time Arsenal and Everton have met on the final day of the Premier League season, with the Gunners winning the previous two, 4-3 in 2001-2002, and 3-1 in 2016-2017. Arsenal are unbeaten in their final league game in each of their last 16 seasons. They've won 14 of those matches, drawn just to winning the last 10 in a row. When finishing a league season at home, the Gunners have won each of their last 12 games since a 3-1 defeat to Tottenham in 1992-93. 
Everton have lost their final league game in four of the last five seasons, drawing just once other than that, conceding at least three goals in each defeat. Uh, It doesn't look good in terms of if you go back (laughs) on history. And one of the things that we need to understand here, um, you know, yes, it's going to be a – Arsenal are going to need a lot of help from a team that is already relegated, well relegated in Norwich, for them to get into the Champions League. But they still have a chance, which means going into this match, Arsenal need to win this match as well. This is not a, you know, a mute, you know, this is not a throwaway game for them. They need points in this match, possibly just as bad as we, well, not just as bad as we would, but in their favor to get in the Champions League, they really want the points. Um, Jeff, we'll go to you first. Lineups for this match, or lineup for this match. I, I can't call it um, because I think that there's one or two things that could happen. If we get three points um, on Thursday, I, I think it's a, a throwaway game and um, it'll be right. an annihilation by Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would think, uh, I seem to remember they, they beat us five or six one um years ago i I think it'll be uh, they'll absolutely destroy us on on sunday so if if that say we don't get three points tomorrow and we're looking for a point maybe to because i can't see us getting three Mm -hmm. um so i think if we're looking for a point we will try and um pack that midfield and be a a very defensive uh boring game to to try and stifle them um, and maybe look at playing long balls to the likes of Calvert-Lewin and, and Richarlison, but to really stretch that pitch out, uh, I can see it as being the only way. Uh, I, I can't really call the lineup because I, I think it depends on yeah. you know uh, depends right. on Thursday. Um, you know, as I say, you could put virtually anybody in uh, on Sunday if we win. I don't care. I'm almost not. I'm almost. I will, but I'm almost not going to watch. Yeah, um, <laughs> Calvin. Similar thoughts. Yeah, I think it's, I think Thursday is going to decide everything. But just you know, if 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 we need a result on Sunday, uh, I think the one thing that could help us is since all the games are kicking off at exactly the same time, right? If Spurs go up early against Norwich, I think that probably plays in our favor because Spurs are two points ahead of the Gunners, right? If Spurs go up early, 1-0, 2-0 against Norwich, there's nothing Arsenal can do about it, right? So uh, an early goal for Spurs might just deflate the stadium um, and prob- the Emirates, that is, right? Might deflate the Emirates and, uh, you know, word obviously is going to get to the players as well. So that's... That, I guess that's, that's the best we can hope for. And, and, and that is the result of not taking care of your own business, right? Where you're now depending on other results um, for, for your own safety. And that's, that's the situation, which again, as we sit here the day before our game against Palace, that's not the situation. Our fate is still in our own hands. And to some extent, if the table stays as is, even going into Arsenal, uh, it's still in our own hands, yeah. right? Because if we're still ahead of Leeds and still ahead of Burnley, then it, our fate's in our own hands. It's just, it's a bit of a scary fate to contemplate because we have not done well at Arsenal, right? Yeah. I think last season when we won at the Emirates behind closed doors, 
is our first ever win at the Emirates. That damn stadium's been around for nearly a decade, two decades, <laughs> right? So that's, that's, that's pretty bad. But I will also say this, that um, this current Arsenal team, or at least for the last couple of years, might be the mentally one of the weaker teams that the Gunners have ever put out, put out right? So if I ever would have to pick a, a side without mental fortitude like Everton against any team in the league, I would say maybe this Arsenal team is it. Um, they tend to get a little down on themselves quite easily, especially if they go down early. So I, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect them uh, to, to really, really spank us if they need a result. Um, but again, who knows? We just, it's just so much easier to not have to worry about this on the last day, right? And, and I yes. will also add, I think some of Everton's horrendous results on the last day of the season have been because we're not playing meaningful games on the last weekend, right? I, yeah. I, don't rec- I think the last time we played a game that mattered this late in the season, maybe David Moyes was still here, right? Maybe was it the season we finished fourth? So what was that, 13, 14, maybe 15? So, so yeah, so again, I, I'm not surprised Everton played terribly on the last day of the season because it doesn't really matter, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Again, everything depends on this Crystal Palace match. Um, it's, you know, the worst situation we can be in is, um, the worst situation we can find ourselves in is us being in 17th place with, um, with a point behind Burnley going into the final day. That's the worst we can be in because Leeds do not play this week. So, um, you know, again, take care of business at home. And we don't have to worry about this. You could throw out – Frank can go out and play. I don't care. You could bring on Tony <laughs> Hibbert, have him play. Let Leighton play. Let Baines play. Let Ashley Cole play. I don't care who plays. Let them play. Just win tomorrow. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, before we get to predictions real quick, I mean, again, it's hard to determine how to beat them because we really don't know, you know what the situation will be. But, Calvin, we'll start with you. What needs to be done if we do need a win or, or points on, on, uh, on Sunday? So same thing again. Arsenal, Arsenal are at their most dangerous when they have the ball, right? Um, they do sometimes tend to play themselves to death when they have possession. So we just got to make sure we don't, you know, they don't have runners behind our back line, right? Players like Odegaard, they can really pick a pass. Um, again, this is another game where if we need a result, we're going to have to put three in the midfield. It, it just, at this point, Lampard might as well start preparing that way. So, yeah. um, you know, put three in the middle against Palace and put three against the middle against Arsenal if we need a result. Jeff, your thoughts? So against Arsenal, um, pack the midfield. Um, I yeah. Prediction, I can't see anything. Uh, at, at best, a draw, 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, at worst, a complete meltdown. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm really gloomy about Sunday. I, I'd written it off um, a yeah. while ago when everyone was saying we had a game in hand. I said we haven't really because that, that, we that's against right. Arsenal. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Yeah, me neither. Not looking forward to it at all. It's going to be a difficult match no matter what we do. It's, you know, just just win. Just win tomorrow. 
Just make it's it easy. Win, baby. <laughs> just one one time. Just give me one easy thing this season. That's all I need. You could lose 17 nothing <laughs> on Sunday. I don't care. Just win tomorrow. Um, if we need – again, predictions are so hard because we don't know what we'll need and how it will be. But let's go on the fact that we will need points – on the or not fact, but the possibility that we'll need points. Um, yeah. Thoughts on predictions, how this ends. Is there any chance that Everton can win this one? Jeff, we'll start with you. No. Pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calvin, how about you? Yeah, I, I don't see us winning this one. It's, it's unfortunately, you know, we might make a heroic effort and tie it late. And the way the season's gone, uh, I don't know, there'll be a mass brawl on the pitch. Three Evertonians get sent off in the last five minutes. And Arsenal score two times and win three one and we get relegated. I, who at this yeah. point knows anything? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't see any way where we can win this match. Again, another very important part of this, very very important part of the puzzle here, is is also goal differential. Because right now we sit two right. goals. I mean, obviously leads it with us have two games remaining and them just having the one there would need to be an 18-goal makeup for them to be tied yeah, and stay happening. out of the relegation goal, right. which won't happen. That would be a miracle, I think. But us and Burnley are separated by two goals. They Burnley have two, you know, or, or two less in the goal differential column. Depending on what happens tomorrow, even if Everton tie, if Burnley somehow lose that match 3-0, Everton then find themselves in a position where – and I'm not even sure, you know, if Everton tie and Burnley tie or Burnley lose, Everton find themselves in a position where, you know, they could still find a way to get in based on goal differential. But again, let's not make that happen. Let's just win tomorrow. Let's make it easy. Yeah. Let's, let's let Leeds and Burnley worry about that on Sunday. And we'll, 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 we'll not have to worry about that. Calvin, you had something. So the, the, the Premier League tiebreakers for this season is first is overall goal difference. So on the yeah. last day of the season, if somehow Burnley and Everton or Leeds or any two teams end up the same, the first tiebreaker is goal difference. The second tiebreaker is goal scored. And we have scored more than Burnley. So for any reason, if that, that comes We're, to become yeah. a factor... Uh, we we will be fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that could, again, that, that could be a very important part. Again, we talk about losing. Everton could not be able to afford to lose by a lot. Whether they lose, they could still back into this, you know, right. they still need to play. Like they still need to make sure that this doesn't get out of hand on Sunday. Um, unless exactly. we're already safe at this point. So um, yeah. that's it. That's all we got for you guys. Um, Calvin, thank you for joining me as always. I appreciate it. Um, and Jeff, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts today. Thanks guys. Of course. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully things are better when we talk to you guys season end. This will be it. This is the last time we will talk to you guys before the Arsenal match. So, or before the, the end of the <laughs> Arsenal match. So, um, yeah. good luck. Stay healthy. Um, Try not to get too many gray hairs and hopefully things get wrapped up tomorrow. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. Thank you guys as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.